Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, good morning, blessed, blessed. How are you doing? I pray that you are well. It is quite a storm here in Tyler, Texas, uh, but we're able to connect, and I'm so, so grateful. Um, we're in Paschal Tide, and um, all is well. We're between Easter and um, Pentecost. It's a glorious season, glorious season of the year, and I'm so pleased to be with you. We are starting today in the Catechism Explained, the Blessed Trinity. And you know, coming from my Jewish background, uh, we believe that God was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and that God is one. And when I met Christians who said they believe in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, I said, no, no, there's only one God. And they said, well, yes, there's one God, but he exists in three persons. And I said, your math is off. The Son and Holy Spirit is three, not one. But as, of course, uh, our Lord led me into his truth, I realized that the prayer that I said all my life from Deuteronomy chapter 6, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. In Hebrew, Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad, Adonai is Lord, Shema Yisrael, Hear, O Israel, Adonai Eloheinu, the Lord our God, Adonai Echad, the Lord is one. In Hebrew, the word Echad means one, but it's a compound unit. It is one, as if I said I have one bunch of grapes. That would be one, but it is a multiple one. It is a compound one made up of many grapes. If I said I had one grape, that would be the word Yahid in Hebrew. That means a singular one. But in the Jewish prayer, the Lord our God is one. The, the words that our Lord gave to Moses in the book of Numbers, Shema Yisrael, the Lord, Adonai Oheinu, Adonai Echad, the Lord is one, but the Hebrew is a compound one. So he is one, but he is a plurality of being. And then in the book of Genesis, our Lord said, let us make man in our image. Well, who are the us and the our? If God alone is speaking, he is speaking alone. But he is speaking not to, some people say, some Jewish people say he was speaking to the angels. But we are not made in the image of the angels, and the angels did not create us. God was speaking within himself. Like, let us make man in our image. And then when they went to build the Tower of Babel, um, our Lord said, now man has become like one of us. So, no, no. Um, God is absolutely one. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, always has been, always will be, the same God who sent his son, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Um, he is that same God. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but the triune God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Three persons in one God, not three gods. And some people think that the Trinity means that God becomes sometimes the Father, 
sometimes he's he appears as the Son, and sometimes as the Holy Spirit. That's that's a, a heresy called modalism. That's not true. God existed from the beginning. He was in the beginning was uh, God. Uh, he never existed. Uh, he was not created. There was never a time he didn't exist. There will never be a time he does not exist. So let's see what the um, Catechism of Trent, the, cat, the Catechism explained by Reverend Sparago, um, says about the Trinity. It says, at the baptism of Jesus Christ, all the three persons of the Blessed Trinity manifested themselves. The Father, from a voice uh, by a voice from heaven, the Son, through his baptism, and the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove. And again, it points out that the Blessed Trinity is one God in three persons. The three persons are called Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The number three is often found both in nature and religion. There are three persons in the Holy Family, three parts in the sacrament, uh, all the sacraments, intention, matter, and form. Our Lord hung for three hours on the cross and remained three days in the grave. He taught on earth for three years and has the triple office of prophet, priest, and king. So in time, there are past, present, and future, three kingdoms in creation, the material, the vegetable, and the animal worlds. The number four is also a frequent occurrence. There are four gospels, four cardinal virtues, four seasons of the year, four thousand years from the fall to the incarnation, etc. The number seven is also common. There are seven days of the week, seven sacraments, seven works of mercy, seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, seven sacred orders ending in the priesthood, etc. Three, the number three, is sometimes called the number of God. Four is called the number of the world by reason of the four continents. And seven represents the combination of the two. Reverend Sporago says, we cannot with our feeble understanding grasp the doctrine of the Blessed Trinity, and it is therefore called mystery. We are unable to comprehend that there are three persons in God, yet only one God. He who gazes at the sun is dazzled by it. If he continues to gaze at it, he loses his sight. So it is with the Blessed Trinity. He who inquires into it is dazzled. But he who refuses to believe in it because he does not understand it is like a blind man who will not believe in the existence of the sun because he cannot see it. How many things there are in nature that we cannot understand. We cannot understand the growth of plants, trees, and animals. We cannot understand the nature of electricity and magnetism. We cannot understand how the color red is formed by the vibration of the ether at the rate of 130 millions of vibrations in a second, or violet by double that number, my goodness, to count the vibrations of the ether that take place in one second in the forming of the color violet, we should have to go on counting for more than 10,000 years without ceasing either day or night. Much less can we understand what belongs to God. Jeremiah says, Great art thou, O Lord, 
in counsel, and incomprehensible in thought. No one understands what thou art, O God, except thou thyself. We can, however, understand something of the nature of the Blessed Trinity by comparing it with certain facts of nature, which in some way correspond to and illustrate. The flames of three candles placed together form but one flame. The white light can be divided into red, yellow, and blue rays, which, however, together form but one light. The orb of the sun, its light, and its heat are three different things, which are at the same time really one. The soul of man contains memory, understanding, and will, which are but different manifestations of the same spiritual substance. Yet all these are but imperfect analogies and cannot carry us very far in attempting to understand something of the incomprehensible mystery of the Blessed Trinity. Unbelievers sometimes say, how is it possible that three can be one and one three? They show that they do not know what the teaching of the church really is. They blaspheme, St. Jude says, they blaspheme those things that they know not. The church does not say there are three persons and one person, but there are three persons and one nature, or one essence. Are you, is your head spinning, beloved? <laughs> do we absorb all these things? We do not. We could read them over and over, and we can understand what we've just read by our human intellect, but the reality of it, dear ones, the reality is a mystery. Who can understand? I'm, this is me speaking now, not Reverend Sparago. Then two people are intimate, and the marriage intimacy results in a human life that a baby from a little seed is formed in a mother's womb and comes out of the womb. And once that baby is out of the mother's womb, it's very difficult to understand that that whole little person was in the mother's womb, that it even fit in there. And what a miracle, unbelievable miracle. Psalm 139 says, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. No one can understand that the greatest scientists, doctors, no one could understand the human person. It is an absolute miracle of God. And Reverend Sparago says the nature, the attributes, and the works of the three persons of the Blessed Trinity are common to all of them. There are therefore not three gods, but one God. The Father is therefore different from the Son because he is a different person, but he has not a different being because he has the same nature. And you can repeat that 10 times and go a little crazy. <laughs> but God has revealed himself to us and through faith, not merely the intellect, he's given us the ability to understand a lot and to believe. There's the music from first break, dear ones. We'll be right back after the break and we'll continue um, with the Trinity and then at the second break, we'll have a half hour for your calls and your emails. Uh, toll free number 1 5483 or email at mother at dot com. We'll be right back.
In the New Testament's first letter of St. John, chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, we read, And we have this confidence in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us in regard to whatever we ask, we know that what we have asked Him for is ours. It's incredible to realize how much God loves us, what He has promised us, and what He'll give us through our trust in Him. Have you prayed for the Station of the Cross today? We would be grateful if you would remember us each day in your prayers, whether it's the Most Holy Rosary of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, the Liturgy of the Hours, the Most Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, or any other prayers you pray throughout the day. Please also pray for the intentions of your fellow Catholic radio listeners. It's so important for us to remember to keep one another in prayer. The Station of the Cross began broadcasting in Buffalo, New York in 1999. Since then, our listening areas have multiplied and expanded into several states. While our mission is to grow the Catholic faith through radio and other media outlets, our apostolate is supportive of but independent from your local diocese. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. Are you ready to take on the world of flesh and the devil with just the facts? This is Jesse Romero, host of Jesus 911, heard weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. I'm joined each day by a variety of co-hosts like Ruben Nava, Paul Clay, Dan Schneider, and my amazing wife, Anita Romero. We tackle Catholic devotions, spiritual warfare, family life, saving America, and everything in between. Join us each weekday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific for Jesus 911. God bless you. Keep the faith. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, this is our second uh, half of the first half of the program, and we're speaking about the Trinity. And at the next break, we'll take your calls and your emails for a, an entire half hour. And in speaking about the Trinity, we're speaking about one God who exists in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Not three gods, but one God in three persons. And Reverend Barago says the nature, the attributes, and the works of the three persons of the Blessed Trinity are common to all of them. Um, and the Father is therefore different from the Son because he's a different person. But he has not a different being because he has the same nature. For this reason, each of the three persons is in exactly the same sense. Omniscient, that's all-knowing. Omnipotent, that's all-powerful. Eternal, that means always was and always will be. And absolutely perfect, as are the other two. When our Lord spoke of his return to the Father, he said, My Father is greater than I, John chapter 14. He, here he was speaking of himself as a man, else he could not have spoken of his return to the Father. Hence, the creation of the world, the redemption and the sanctification of men is wrought by all the three divine persons together. 
And yet we're accustomed to say the Father made the world, the Son redeemed it, and the Holy Spirit sanctifies it. But all three were involved in every single process, beloved. What one is involved with, all three are. The three divine persons are divided only in their origin. In a tree, the trunk comes forth from the root, and from both comes the fruit. Such is the relation between the three divine persons. God the Father has no origin and proceeds from no other person. God the Son proceeds from the Father. God the Holy Spirit proceeds both from the Father and from the Son. In order to mark the order of procession, we name the Father first, the Son second, and the Holy Spirit third. But there is no succession in time. This is very important. There's no succession in time. The Son proceeds from the Father from all eternity, and so does the Holy Spirit from the Father and the Son. The Son is begotten of the Father before all creation. The Father produced by an act of divine knowledge, the Son, as an image like to himself in all things, just as we, when we think, produce an intellectual image in our minds. Oh, beloved, I'm reading through this, but I understand how it could be mind-boggling to just even hear it. We need to study it. We need to think it through. But this is made um, understandable for us finite beings from an infinite God, dear ones. We may illustrate this by the relation existing between fire and light. Light proceeds from fire. But it's contemporaneous. It's contemporaneous with if there were an eternal fire, there would also be an eternal light. The sun is the brightness of God's glory, the unspotted image of his majesty. Just as one torch is kindled from another without the first losing any of its light, so the son is begotten of the father without taking anything away from him. The Son is called the Word of the Father. Just as the Word formed in our minds, which is the thought, just as the Word formed in our minds, the thought is made manifest by the external or spoken Word. So the Word of God dwelling in the bosom of the Father was made manifest to the world when the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. You know, if we take each sentence apart, dear ones, and we explain it and think it through together, it be, it becomes, aha, I got that, I got that. Yes. But see, I could think, even if we see, see, see we think cat, C-A-T, in our minds, and then we just think, and then we say it. It proceeds from us as a word. We've thought of it first. As the sun has his, his origin, in the, the Son, S-O-N, our Lord Jesus Christ, has his origin in the knowledge of God, so the Holy Spirit has his origin in the love of God. The Holy Spirit is none other than the mutual love of the Father and the Son. He is the Spirit of love who engenders in our hearts the love of God and of each other. The word Spirit is well chosen because by it we express the attractiveness and the force of love. 
The Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son as warmth proceeds from the Son and its light. I think these illustrations by Reverend Sparago, dear ones, are, are just tremendous. I'm reading it through at a certain pace, so a lot of it might escape us, but I would urge you again to get the catechism explained and go through it with your family. You have to cover more than one sentence in an evening. He continues that on account of the difference in their origin, we appropriate to the Father the works of the works of omnipotence, that's being all-powerful, to the Son, the works of wisdom, and to the Holy Spirit, the works of love. These various works have a certain correspondence with the attributes of the persons that are connected with their origin. The Father begets the Son. For this reason, there is appropriated to him the bringing of perishable things also out of nothing, that is, of creation. He is therefore called the Almighty Father. He is also called the God of compassion because he is ever ready to receive the sinner who comes back to him in a true spirit of penance. The Son is the eternal wisdom. Let me just break in here to say that the the image of the prodigal son comes to mind. He leaves, uh, he, he destroys all the wealth and the gifts of his inheritance that the father gave him and he squanders it but there is the image of the father waiting on the hill with his arms stretched out waiting for the return of his son and that's our father beloved when we stray from him no matter what our sin is no matter how long we've been foolish and sinful and gone astray no matter the depth of the sin He waits for us to come back. The Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, is the eternal wisdom of the Father. To him, therefore, is appropriated the beautiful arrangement of the world. As the artist, through the working of his reflective mind, designs the plan of his work, so the Father, through his Son, produced order in the world. To the Son, too, is ascribed the restoration of order. As for this end, he took upon himself the nature of man. To the Holy Spirit, as the mutual love of the Father and the Son, are ascribed all the benefits of God to man, especially the bestowal upon him of his natural life in creation. It was the Spirit of God in the beginning of Genesis that it said, moved upon the face of the waters, and of his spiritual life by his sanctification through grace. To him, as the finger of God's right hand, are ascribed the Holy Spirit, as the finger of God's right hand, are ascribed all the miracles, and above all, the work of the Incarnation as being of all miracles the greatest. The love of God has ever occupied itself with men, but the incarnation of the Son of God by the operation of the Holy Spirit surpassed all other benefits wrought by him. It brought mercy to sinners, truth to the erring, life to those who were dead, and hope and faith the whole world. Beloved, there's Luke chapter 1 that the angel 
Gabriel came to a 15-year-old Jewish girl from the tribe of David and told her that she that the Most High would visit her and the Holy Spirit would come upon her and that she would bear the very Son of God. There's the whole Trinity right there in Luke chapter 1. Reverend Sparago says, we are taught the mystery of the Blessed Trinity by Christ himself, but it was partly known in the time of the Old Testament. See, dear ones, everything that's true in the New Covenant, Covenant and Testament are interchangeable words. And everything that's true, this is me speaking now, not Reverend Sparago, everything that's true in the New Covenant or the New Testament, everything that's true of God in the New is true of God in the Old, and reverse, whatever is true of God in the Old Testament is true of Him in the New. St. Augustine said, what is concealed in the Old is revealed in the New. It may have been concealed. The Trinity may have been concealed and revealed in the New, but He always existed. He always existed. Everything in the Old Testament was to prepare God's people for the New for the coming of the Son of God in the flesh. Everything. Um, God revealed himself, let me just say, progressively. He didn't come to be progressively, but he revealed himself progressively. He was known as, uh, through the entire Old Testament as the Almighty God, and his the second person of the Blessed Trinity was revealed in the Incarnation, and the third person, the Holy Spirit, revealed at Pentecost, which for us is the conclusion of Paschal Tide and coming up soon. But the old, the Trinity always existed. Reverend Parago says, we know from the fact of creation, the infinite power, wisdom, and goodness of God. But it does not reveal to us the mystery of the Blessed Trinity, nor is there any proof of this doctrine to be found in nature, though we may find certain analogies of it, some of which we have given. But the mystery itself can only be made to, known to us by revelation. See, beloved, everyone, this is me now speaking, everyone born. Um, Romans 119, uh, our Lord says that he has created the knowledge of himself within every person, and that the, the, um, the uh, heavens declare the glory of God. So by the fact of the order of the universe, by the very knowledge placed within us as his creation, we know without special revelation, every one of us knows that God exists. But the revelation of the Trinity, the triune nature of God, the revelation of the Son, of the Holy Spirit, that was made known in time and in the New Covenant uh, from the Incarnation on. It's just so beautiful, beloved, uh, that we can know this, and no matter how much we study, apart from faith, we cannot know. Anymore, says the Apostle Paul, can anyone call Christ Lord except by the Spirit? There's the music for our um, half-hour break, beloved. When we come back, we'll take your calls and your emails. Feel free to call in with anything whatsoever on your heart. Toll free, one 511 We'll be right back.
This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for April 26th. Today we celebrate Saint Pedro de San Jose Betancourt. Today's saint used to ring a bell as he walked through the wealthy parts of Antigua, Guatemala, begging alms for the poor and urging repentance. That same bell was rung almost 350 years later during his canonization ceremony. Pope John Paul II presided at the ceremony for Pedro de San Jose Betancourt, Central America's first saint in July 2002. An estimated half million Guatemalans were present. Pedro was born in the Canary Islands around 1619. As a young man, he traveled to Central America, arriving in Guatemala City in 1651, eager to spread the gospel. Though he longed to be a priest, he lacked the necessary intellectual skills. He became a secular Franciscan and devoted himself to prayer and works of charity. He opened a hospital for the sick poor, a shelter for the homeless, and a school for the poor. Pedro attracted followers who in time became part of two new religious congregations, the Brothers and Sisters of Bethlehem. He died of pneumonia at age 41 and is buried in his beloved Guatemala. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. When I was outside of the church, there was always an unsettled feeling. There was always a feeling of something missing and something not complete. The, the deal clincher is we found our way to our, our parish. And we met just an incredible pastor. We learned things that we'd never been taught. Wouldn't be the person that I am without the church and without the sacraments, particularly the Eucharist. I can't live without it. If you've been away from the Catholic Church, visit catholicscomehome.org. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We are live. I'm thrilled to be with you. And this is our half hour together. Call in with anything on your heart whatsoever. And again, uh, you can always call and write in anonymously. That is never an issue. All the heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. And the toll-free number, one 877 5483 or email at mother at com. We have Al from Buffalo on the line. Hello, Al. Hi, Mother. So I just wanted to, um, I wanted to make a comment and see what you thought about this. So as you were reading from the Catechism Explained, I know there was that one comment about where Jesus says the Father is greater than I. And yes. um, I know he said it was in reference to the fact that Jesus is not only true God, but true man. But I think also the idea that, that in, in your reading, the fact that the, Jesus takes his origin from the Father, and the Father doesn't take his origin from the Son, I think that also um, kind of plays into that idea that the Father is greater than I, and that um, the Father commands the Son, which he says in many times in the Gospels, but the Son never commands the Father. Now, I don't mean that in a way of diminishing Jesus in any way. Uh, that's not my point. My point is I think that when he says, says that, he's speaking very much about the fact that he takes his origin from the Father, 
and the Father doesn't take his origin from him, it doesn't diminish his divinity. It just, I think, is in more reference to that idea of origin. Well, that's a good point, Al, um, it, because it's good that you said it doesn't diminish his divinity because um, uh, he also, when he said the Father is greater than I, also in John 10 said, I and the Father are one. And that's when the Jews picked up stones to stone him because they understood he meant one in essence, and therefore he was claiming to be God. So they understood that. Um, another aspect is that, uh, so as you say, uh, they're equal in divinity, uh, they're equal in essence, they're equal in nature, so the Father being greater, uh, the origin is one thing, but again, uh, we need to uh, keep in mind, which we can't understand, because a child proceeds from its mother and there's a difference in time. But there's no difference in time in the origin of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Just all at the same time. In fact, it's out of time. So, another aspect we think that is good for us to keep in mind um, is in a marriage, you know, where, where um, uh, the man has the role of, the, this is not the Trinity at all, they're not equal in essence, but I think it's just a good point to, for us to keep in mind that um, uh, where the, the husband is to be the head of the family and the, and the wife is to be the heart, and the wife is to submit to her husband as the head of the family. And, of course, our Lord wants a wife to submit to a man who will lay down his life for her as Christ in the church. So, the, But the difference is in role function as well. So two people could be equal, but as Jesus, uh, fully man, fully God and fully man on earth, um, as he is the son, and he came to do the father's will, the difference is there is in function. So two men could be equal, let's just say. Um, I'm not answering your comment so much as just taking the opportunity, Al, to, to explain this further. Um, uh, two men, uh, James and Roger, I don't mean you, my dear producer James, but two men decide to start a, a company, and they decide who's going to be president, who's going to be vice president. And the president or the CEO has the final say. They're equal, but they have different roles. And so equal in dignity are husband and wife, but they have different roles given to them by God. But I like your comments also uh, concerning origin, as long as, as you say, we understand that because the Son proceeded from the Father, has, was begotten by the Father, and the Holy Spirit proceeded from both, it does lessen their essence as God, and whatever one does, all three do together. Yes, yes. No, I agree with you. I just wanted to make one other comment, if I could, and that yes. is the idea that, and I think it's something often overlooked, you know, as you read the Gospels and everything, and like I say, you know, uh, Jesus always, you know, lots of times he says, you know, this is the command I have from my Father and everything. I think sometimes, and again, I don't mean to diminish this at all, this great love that the Lord has for us to redeem us, but I think in his heart there's this idea of that I will do anything for my Father. And I think sometimes mm -hmm. that gets lost in when we just perceive his love for us because that love that we, uh, you know, have um, manifested to us 
has to have its origin between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, or there would be no love. And I think that's so important to look at that relationship and see how dearly they love each other, because that's where that love has to start to proceed to us. It's just a comment, but I think it's so um, important to, to realize that, that the Lord says, I will do anything for my Father. Al, it's not just a comment. You have just explained the very essence of God and the one who is the Trinity because he is love in communion with himself. Otherwise, there would be no love. Love doesn't exist in a vacuum. Uh, Love needs an object of its love. So you're you're a thousand percent right, uh, Al, and I'm so glad you said that. We need to understand the love of God, absolutely the love of God. Um, Not just for us, but the love that exists between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's beautiful, Al. Beautiful. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you so much. Okay, I'll see now. Isn't it wonderful when we have a, a brother like Al who can help us? to expand in our understanding of the faith and, and loves God so much. It's just beautiful. We have a, um, uh, a note from YouTube from Barbara, and she says, when I make the sign of the cross, I hold my thumb, forefinger, and middle finger together to everything. A couple of these emails we uh, began to respond to yesterday, but we couldn't continue the program yesterday so i'm many most people did not hear it so i'm going to um, repeat them today barbara says when i make the sign of the cross i hold my thumb forefinger and middle finger together to represent the father the spirit the holy spirit is this improper oh barbara not only is it not improper but it is very proper and it's, it, I got a, um, an email yesterday following the pro- program from our dear friend Nelly, um, who made the point that that is the way that the sign of the cross is made by the Eastern churches. So, and it's, it's very, very beautiful to represent the Trinity when you make the sign of the cross. That's not improper at all. It's beautiful. Good, Barbara. Thank you. We have an email here now from Paul. Paul says, Dear Mother Miriam, hope that you are well. Thank you, Paul. Would you please explain the wonderful benefits to be derived from the participation in Divine Mercy Sunday, um, namely the complete remission of sin and any temporal punishment due to our sins? It seems as though very few Catholics are fully aware of this great mercy of Jesus during this time. Thanks for all you do for us during these times, Paul. Bless you, Paul. I'm, I really um, uh, feel badly that I didn't get to this email before Divine Mercy Sunday because many people uh, don't fully understand it. And even some that do miss the graces of Divine Mercy Sunday, uh, our Lord told uh, St. Faustina that mercy is his greatest attribute and asked her to spread his divine mercy throughout the whole world and ordered that the Sunday after Easter would be Divine Mercy Sunday. Throughout history, it's been called Low Sunday because Easter Sunday is so is the highest Sunday of the year. So this would be Low Sunday, but now it is also Divine Mercy Sunday. And our Lord said, whoever goes to Holy Mass and receives Holy Communion in a state of grace and also to confession on Divine Mercy Sunday, even if you don't go to confession on that day, but within eight days or within a week or soon, but 
uh, primarily to receive Holy Communion in a state of grace, um, your sins, not only your sins are forgiven, but the temporal punishment for them are forgiven so that if you fulfill that divine Sunday day, um, if you die, you go straight to heaven like the thief on the cross did. No purgatory. It's an incredible, huge, huge grace and mercy from God. Divine Mercy Sunday. Look it up. Go to the Shrine of Divine Mercy in Stockbridge. Look up uh, the Marians uh, in Stockbridge on their website. You'll see everything you need for Divine Mercy at Divine Mercy Sunday. We have an email from Kathleen. Uh, she said, good morning, Mother. I'd love to get your thoughts on the Garabendal apparitions and prophecies. It feels to me like the warning could come very soon. What do you think? Thank you, Kathleen. I've seen the film on Garabendal. I've read about it. Um, it's an apparition of Our Lady that has not been approved by the church. I think there were six children, in, I don't know, four or six children involved. Our Lady uh, prophesied a warning that would come, and the warning would um, come to every single soul in the entire world and show us our sin. Our whole life will flash before us, and we will see the depths of our sin, and those who are in great grave sin could be so shocked by it they could perish on the spot. Others will utterly reject the grace, and others will totally reform their lives and repent for their sin. And it is said by those who, um, Father Rodriguez and so forth, Michelle Rodriguez, um, that the warning is soon upon us. Soon could be within a year, within months, within two years, we don't know. But many of prophets, even approved prophets, um, like um, uh, Saint Jehenny, not I don't think Saint, just Prophet Jehenny, have predicted the warning from the three days of darkness. That's all I could say about it, Kathleen. Is what I've seen and read. Um, the Garabandal is not an is not an approved apparition of the Church, so I cannot say as in Fatima this is for sure. Um, uh, again, there are other wonderful apparitions that speak of the warning, but I don't know of an approved apparition, except I think Maria, Maria Jehenny. I'm just not sure. I have to look that up. Um, but I, I, I heed these, and I tend to believe rather than to not believe. But um, uh, what we need to believe more than any apparition is the scripture, which, which tells us that uh, when our Lord returns, uh, the world will be in the same wreck of unbelief and sin that it was in Noah's day. People will be eating and drinking and making merry and saying, what, what return, what flood, all of that. And, and the world is going on that way today, as if there's no God, and it's growing worse every, every single day. So that's all I could say, dear Kathleen, is that I... I, I tend to be on the side of belief rather than under, unbelief about Garamadol, but I don't teach it or preach it or bring it up myself because we do not know, because the church has not approved it. Okay, God bless you. The point is, for all of us, though, we may go tonight. We could be hit by a truck. We may not wake up in the morning. So when people call and say, how do we prepare 
for these uh, so-called uh, prophecies or how do we prepare even for the second coming? And my answer is always the same way you prepare. If you you go to confession. You'd make sure you go to bed tonight in a state of grace. That's what we need to do. There's the music for our final break, beloved. Um, and when we come back, we'll have 10 minutes. Our lines are still open, and you'll be have, you'll have plenty of time if you wish to call in. A toll from 1877-511-5483. What else is one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three. I think I'm right. I, I may have gotten the number off. Um, or your emails at mother at the station of the cross dot com. We'll be right back, dear ones. This is Jim Havens, co-founder of the National Men's March to Abolish Abortion and Rally for Personhood. Some truths are self-evident, some rights are unalienable. It is a scientific fact that life begins at conception fertilization. It is a foundational moral truth that we ought not murder innocent human beings. Every human being is a human person with a right to life and the equal protection of law according to the 14th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. Yet we have an ongoing daily mass murder of our little pre-born brothers and sisters. It's time for all men and women of goodwill to rise up together in the public square and say no more. Come join us in Albany, New York on Saturday, June 3rd. Men, let's go first and gather at 9 a.m. for the Men's March. Women, we need you to join us at 1045 a.m. for the Rally for Personhood outside of the New York State Capitol. We'll have some great speakers along with terrific opportunities for formation and fellowship before and after. Go to themensmarch.com for all the details. See you in Albany. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. How would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests? You can tune in to Sermons for Everyday Living every day at 6 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen on thestationofthecross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. God bless you. Bumper magnets are a great way to promote the gospel as proclaimed through Catholic radio. We hear all the time from new listeners who were introduced to the station through a bumper magnet. We'd be happy to send you a bumper magnet so that others can come to know our Lord. Just go to thestationofthecross.com and find our bumper magnet request button under the About tab. That's thestationofthecross.com under the About tab. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our final segment for today. Uh, a good 10 minutes. Our lines are open. You're welcome to call in with anything on your heart. Toll free one eight seven seven five one one 511 
888-528-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have an email from Missy who says, Hello, Mother Miriam. I recently heard a very well-known and respected traditional Catholic priest say that it is a mortal sin for a mother to work outside the home without grave reason. If this is correct, I have never heard the church teach this. Could you explain this? Well, Missy, I cannot explain it. I wish, let me just say, that it were sin. I don't wish mortal sin on everyone, or on anyone, I should say. I just do wish it was a sin for mothers to work outside the home because their vocation is to be in the home. Um, But there are reasons at times, and, and there are deadly grave reasons. Um, and Missy says, if this is correct, why is St. Gianna Mola a saint since she worked as a doctor while raising her children? And why has St. Teresa Benedicta said that there is no profession that cannot be practiced by a woman? Well, St. Teresa Benedicta was not speaking of a married woman as well. She was not married. I assume that St. Gianna Mola was made a saint because she gave her life for her child and not necessarily for the example she gives the working mother. You're correct there. Thank you. May God bless you and all you do, Mitzi. Thanks, Mitzi. I don't know where the priest, um, I'm happy for his sentiments, but I don't know where the priest was able to say such a thing, that it is a mortal sin for a mother to work outside the home without grave reason. I say that um, no mother should work outside the home without grave reason, but I won't go as far to say it's a mortal sin. But I would say that if she's working outside the home without grave reason and not caring for her young children as a mother should, or turning them over to the school system or to babysitters without grave reason, I would say that... Um, she may be in sin. I can't say she's in sin because every situation is different. We have an email from Judy um, who says, thank you, Mother, for sharing with us your knowledge. I would listen to you uh, years ago when you were on Relevant Radio. My question follows. Didn't Judas have to betray Jesus so that Jesus would be led to the cross? If not, how would Jesus die on the cross for our sins, Judy? Judy, um, the answer is yes, uh, that Jesus had to be betrayed. And he said so himself. He came to die. Um, he needed to die for our sins. He came for that reason. And yet, woe to the one uh, by whom he would die. And so God's plan is that he came to die for us as a sacrificial lamb. And that could have happened in another, a number of ways. But um, uh, again, it wasn't God who used Judas, uh, planned to use Judas as his instrument to betray him. Uh, that's how he died. It's, it's, it's a, um, an interesting puzzle. It has been to me, Judy, that... Um, God's foreknowledge does not mean uh, predestination. In other words, because he knows all things and he exists out of time, does not mean that he determines all things. He allows all things. Uh, They're all within his providence to not allow. 
but that doesn't mean he determines it. So though he knew he would be before the foundation of the world, that Adam and Eve would betray him, that Judas would betray him, though he knew that, he's not the cause of that. Um, and so he knew that he would be he would be put to death by the very people that he came to save. He knew that, um, but uh, the the one who therefore uh, was the direct cause of that is not excused because of his grave sin. I, I probably that may not answer it for everyone because so much of our Lord's uh, salvation and His ways remain a mystery to us. Um, we have a call from Donna in New Hampshire. Hi, Donna. Hello, Mother. How are you? Hi. Good. I'm fine. How about yourself, Donna? Very good. A question good. for you. I Someone just said this to me, and I've never heard of it before, that uh, during Jesus' time in Israel, that he cursed three specific cities um, that to this day the land is basically dead. Nothing can grow on it. There's no water. And I've never heard of that before. And if it is true, I wanted to know if you knew the names of the three cities. Well, two of them come from the Old Testament. We don't. We didn't know of our Lord in the Old Testament. He is the author of the Word of God, and he cursed Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, and um, I, I'm I'm I can't. I'm thinking of Tyre and Tyre and Sidon. I can't think of uh, a third one. But yes. Uh, he cursed those cities that were so full of corruption uh, that nothing would ever grow in them. And in fact, he said in the New Covenant that um, because of the degree of homosexuality that uh, Sodom and Gomorrah had, which is why our Lord destroyed them, uh, that was what was going on today. And, and, you know, he would have to apologize. Someone said to Sodom and Gomorrah because what's going on today in the world in uh, homosexuality and LGBTQ and all of that is worse than Sodom and Gomorrah. So um, it's kind of a half a, a joke that he'd have to apologize to them. But I'd have to look up to see what the three were. But yes, that is true. All right. Well, thank you so very much. Okay, good. And you know, when someone says that to you, ask them if they can, uh, uh, not to challenge, but to learn more. Ask them if they could give you the, the names of the cities and where it is in Scripture, because it is in Scripture. And I'd have to look it up myself. All right, we'll do. Thank you, and God bless you. Sure, Donna. You too, sweetheart. Thank you. Um, we have an email from Bernard who says, Mother, I would like to ask your opinion about the three days of darkness. It pops up on my YouTube all the time in suggested videos, and I'd like a better understanding of what it is. Well, again, it's not official church teaching, but it has been taught by uh, even approved prophets of the church. Uh, but again, even if a prophet has been approved in certain ways, uh, Maria, I think, Jehenny is another one. Uh, who's also taught the three days of darkness. Um, uh, and I, I don't recall uh, modern prophets. Uh, I, I could throw out a couple of names, but I'm not sure of them, so I won't. 
Um, but I, I do understand uh, myself that these three days of darkness might be coming upon us, whether it's in months or years. I don't know. But um, the understanding is there will be three days of darkness. I think following the warning, um, that's what's going around. I can't affirm that, uh, but that's the information where everything will be completely dark. There'll be no electricity. We need blessed candles for our house uh, to keep the light on, and we won't be able to look outside because devils will roam the earth, all of that. I don't want to be a... Uh, propagandist or an alarmist or anything, but anyone could look up the three days of darkness uh, on the internet or in books and get a further explanation. Whether it's true or not, it's not taught by the church officially, so I cannot say. But what I, the little I've said before, I, I know is being said about it. And again, I personally tend to believe that along with Garabandal, um, but I cannot say it's true. So God bless all of you, dear ones, and we'll speak with you tomorrow, God willing. God bless you.